Hi, everybody, and welcome. If you remember, we had a recording a while back with Scott Lindstrom and Freddie Mendoza. And so today I have Scott back here because I really wanted to have a conversation with him about grief. Um, when I first went to my to the CTI, to the Certification Training Intensive, with a nurtured heart approach, he was at that time one of the peer leaders, um, huge role model for me in a bajillion ways, um, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, and he presented there a little bit of some of what he had gone through around grief. What was so meaningful to me about it is that there's a there's a piece of nurtured heart that has come across so positive, almost toxically positive, where no matter what, we're finding what's good. And no matter what, we're finding how to appreciate <laughs> and be grateful. And that can be beautiful or it can be um, toxic in the way that it could be denying the reality that we're living in. And what I found through diving deeper into Nurtured Heart is that the true nature of Nurtured Heart is to be so insanely real <laughs> about what is in the moment. And it's not about good or bad. It's about what really, really is and allowing what is to be purposeful to me and to my life and to my journey and to who I become. And that was something that I saw in Scott in the way that he presented about grief. So Scott, if you could just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are. Um, well, thanks. First of all, I want to say that it's um, when you call somebody a role model, that always stirs that little discomfort. But I'll say back at you. Um, that you are an inspiration to me as well. So, it's, um, and maybe, you know, maybe that's just something we can all be to each other. Um, hopefully there's probably a, an inspiration every human walk in this planet, right? Um, so thanks for that and, and back at you. Um, so yeah, I'm a, a school psychologist by training, did, have done that for 35 or 40 years, something on that range. Um, retired quickly and came back to work with the campfire, the infamous fire that burned down the town of Paradise, um, which is just a few minutes from where I live. So I live in Chico, California, which is north of Sacramento, north of San Francisco. And um, in 2018, November, we had a huge fire that built or that burned over 13,000 homes, burned multiple schools, um, impacted a town of, of about 30,000 people or so. Um, lots and lots of people were left um, without their homes and i as a school psychologist had retired but came back to work to coordinate the student mental health supports in the schools um, following the campfire and spent a lot of time talking with staff a lot sometime talk with kids mostly with staff and and with the counselors that were supporting the staff so i spent a lot of that and and that was um in part i think was was coloring the conversations I've had since then about life, about grief, about what it means to be with somebody in their pain. Um, so that's been a really important part of my life in a way that I would not have predicted. Um, and prior to that, I was 30 years at uh, my local school district as a school psychologist and building student support programs. More importantly, I'm a father of three daughters. I'm married to my second wife. Um, for 23 years, and I have two grandkids who are just um, sources of great joy to my life. So those are those are the things that I think probably most of us who enter a conversation like this really think about as the most important part of life is 
our families, our people, but also not to diminish at all what friendships mean. And the quality, I think for me, the quality of relationships um, is what really determines the quality of life for most of us. Um, so that said, yeah, we talked about grief. There's a thing about grief that when I think about the nurtured heart approach, I think um, it's something that's been master, masterfully put together to create a framework or a construct from which we can work um, and that we can use to, as you said, really kind of frame how you how you greet life, how you greet various energies, whether it's joy or loss or pain or sorrow or anger, whatever it might be, but a lot of it being in that framework of grief. And for me, Nurtured Heart, a lot of what's in it is stuff we were doing already. We were understanding, we were, we were experiencing already, but it's been put together in a framework that helps us say, hmm, I need to interpret this moment through the Nurtured Heart lens. When I do that, I start thinking, well, one of the things I need to do when I look through that lens is to consider the three stands of the nurtured heart approach. Absolutely no, absolutely yes, absolutely clear. So that gives me a framework where I can start thinking and, and intentionally, again, as you said, purposefully, um, decide um, how I'm going to respond to the situation I'm in right now. Um, so I really like that framework that the Nurture Heart Approach gives us. And in part, it's just like a, when we do counseling and therapy, a lot of times it's a matter of getting to that point where you go, sometimes it's like, what would my counselor say right now? And it's like, it just gives you that way to pause and frame things in a way that allows you to be purposeful and intentional. And in part to not waste what's there. Um, spinning our wheels in negativity, not waste that energy, whatever it, the, the emotions, whatever they may be, um, but actually to use them. So nurtured heart approach to me gave gives me a framework from which I can work. And part of that framework is also, as I know you hit all the time, is not energizing what's, what's, what's negative, um, including the negative in my own thoughts and negative in my thoughts about myself and others. And not energize or and giving lots of energy to seeking and seeing and knowing what's awesome in the moment. Um, and you know, for me, it also allows me to go, you know what, I'm not ready to go there right now. But I do know because I have practiced this approach long enough though, that I'll get there. And when I do, then I will be able to um purposefully use all the energy, all the emotions, all the whatever is going on. Um, in a way that that um, grows wisdom, that grows meaningful life experience, um, and maybe hopefully grows relationship. So I see nurtured heart and grief kind of similarly in that way, because grief is also another construct, which we all experience all of the, the pain and emotions and anger and sorrow and um, sense of being lost and all that, that that happens in grief. But when we know that we can say, well, that's my grief right now, it's happening. It gives us a, a way of kind of being purposeful in how we manage that. The other beautiful thing it does is that when I'm with somebody who's grieving, I can, I can consider where they are in their process. I can know when I walk into a, a room full of teachers who all lost their homes, 
that every one of them is experiencing grief in some way or another, that not only that, that every one of them has some shared experience of that, and each one is unique in where they probably are in this exact moment right now. So there's a beauty to that when we can say, yes, here's the construct, and that allows me then to kind of purpose, purposefully, intentionally um, notice where I am with that, notice where they are with that, and and be more present in that, I think. And I think, I think one thing you and I have talked about is that uh, being with somebody in their grieving process is, is um, it's really an honor. It's, um, it's powerful. Um, it's intimacy. Um, and the more we're capable of just being present in it, being with somebody, being where they are, um, the more intimate that can be and the more helpful I think that can be too. Um, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I If I could um, ask you to reflect on what you just said about being there with them um, and that honor and just sharing that space. Sometimes we know with Nurtured Heart, we say like, say, say rules in the no, because sometimes the no is just more clear than the yes. What would that not look like? You know, just being with someone is an experience and an openness that if I don't know what that is, how do I know what that is? You know, like, I wonder if you could just talk about what that doesn't look like for a that's, minute. I love that. How you frame that question. That's great. Um, I like that because that's a different way of applying that, um, how you do rules. Um, what does it not look like? Um, you know, I don't think it's black and white. I think there, sometimes we speak to what you do and what you don't. But um, I guess I feel like what it doesn't look like or what, it, what a typical caution would be not feeling like you have to fix it. A typical caution would be um, not bringing your own stuff. If you're really, if you're in a moment where you're trying to be supportive of somebody else's grief, is to not make it about yourself in that moment. So um, if somebody just lost their mother, maybe not the first thing to do would be to say, oh yeah, I lost my mom too. Um, it would be more to just be present. So what is your feeling? Because in part, because their feeling of losing their mom is gonna be somewhat similar, but not entirely similar to yours. And you don't know where they're gonna be in, in their process of that too. Not that that doesn't bring a, a form of wisdom and empathy that you've also lost your mom and can feel that and can relate to that, but just the caution. And I think, you know, we talk a lot about in the nurtured heart approach about that idea of having congruent words and feelings and energies. And I think it, it's partly that it's that um, being attuned energetically, being able to be really present with it. Um, I think being okay with that people hurt and that that's normal. And I think there probably is some wisdom in knowing that this pain is really, really important. Um, 
And maybe there's some comfort in me knowing that um, what I know from my experience and from the science around grieving is that um, that grief as a shared experience is is the healing process. That is how we heal is by sharing it, by being with other people in it, um, by being able to tell our stories and such. So, um, and then the, the flip side attached to that is the knowing that if you're crying because your teacher died um, in a car accident last week, um, what you're crying about also is an experience of love, of caring, of connectedness, of relationship that you've lost and that has changed. Maybe it's not entirely lost, but it's at least changed. Um, so the flip side of grief is always some sort of love um, and relationship and appreciation. Um, so I guess the don't is probably don't try to fix it. Don't try to move too quickly out of it. Let people be where they are. Um, and then, I don't know, to me, it's to feel the appreciation of the privilege of being present with them wherever they are. Um, sometimes, like a lot of times with, with um, teens, there's that energetic presence, but there's also the need to give them the space to do it the way they need to do it. And often that's with their peers. Uh, sometimes it's with the older folks like us too, but sometimes what they need is the energetic safety that we can provide without being in their faces with it so that they can then have that energetic safe space to be with their peers in that. Um, I don't know, does that make any sense? That was amazing. There's so much wisdom there. Thank you. Um, and um, there's two things that you said that stuck out specifically. Everything stuck out specifically, but two things that to talk about a little more is you said about how to know that it's okay, that they're in pain and that the pain is important. Um, and and that kind of bleeds into all the things you, you were saying. Um, but that not needing to fix it or not wanting to fix it, if I can really be okay with that grief is real and that it's a process that needs to happen, then I can really allow it to happen because I believe it needs to. I, you know, if I'm washing, if I'm doing, if I'm running my washing machine, regardless of how badly I need the shirt, I need to wait for the cycle to, to end. I can't take <laughs> this, this dopey sudsy shirt out in the middle just because I want it, you know, like, well, I want to feel better or I want you to feel better. I don't want to be here any longer. It hurts. It's painful. I just want to be happy. Well, you're in the mid cycle of grief. You got to wait for the cycle to end. Wait for the bing, you know, it'll happen eventually. Um, and it, and, and it needs to happen, but then even to take it the next level, I think nurtured heart, there's the stand one of it's not negative, but the stand two of wait, what's the beauty there is that other piece you said about how actually the grief is a reflection of the love. The grief is a reflection of the care of the connection of the beauty that was, if it wasn't beautiful, there wouldn't be grief. If there wasn't a connection, if there wasn't a loss of something good. And so the, the, almost the magnitude of the sadness, the magnitude of the grief is an equal reflection of the magnitude of the beauty and and that needs that that deserves to be honored it deserves to be honored this was a life this was um a, you know a house um a, 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 um a lifelong you know building 
brick by brick, you know, like cent by cent sometimes, you know, to build up to a home, to a family, to a life. I mean, whatever the grief is, whatever the loss is, there was something there that, that this is going through the grieving process till it bings, till the end is, is honoring the beauty and, and, and yeah, giving, giving the beauty what it deserves. And it, and this piece that you're talking about is what I heard from you at the CTI. And it was so important for me to hear. It was in the context of the reset. We were learning about the reset where sometimes things are going awry and maybe a kid is breaking the rules or maybe we're not feeling our best. And that the reset is taking the time to do what needs to be done or be what needs to be so we can get back to greatness. The idea is always to get back to greatness. But that piece of like, yeah, stand one and stand two is I'm not going to let the negativity spin and take over my life and just, you know, delve in it. I want to find the beauty. I want to find the meaning. I want to find the purpose and I want to grow from it. That's the stand two and my greatness in it and appreciation. But the clarity piece, the stand three is where the reset is, is that and I'm not ready yet. And I need to be here right now. I'm not ready yet. And honoring that I'm not ready yet is that clarity. And that's the words you said, I think at the CTI were sometimes the reset is one minute and sometimes the reset takes years and we're just not ready yet. And for that to be okay in itself is an application of the stands. It's not negative to not be ready. It's positive to respect and honor the process. And the clarity of when it's over will come if I'm with it, because I will feel it. I will feel the shift and I will know, and it's not all or nothing. And overnight it's a process and there's pieces of me that will come back to myself and there's pieces of me that will be ready to move on. And then there'll be moments and times and parts of me that aren't ready. So I just love everything you're saying. And I don't have a question, but what are your reflections on that? (laughs) I love that. Yeah, Um, man, I was starting to write notes because there's so many thoughts being triggered now. Um, Yeah, that not being ready. I think one of the the things that's really helpful to me about having been in a nurtured heart practice for a long time now is um, that I trust that process, that I know sometimes Sometimes I'm not the nicest guy. Sometimes I have feelings and emotions that are not, that I know are not going to serve me well. And yet there they are. Um, And sometimes I can say, oh, there's that anger. I gotcha. Okay. And sometimes it's like, yeah, I see you there. I know that I'm going to need to deal with, but I'm not there right now. Um, But trusting that I will get there, not beating myself up because I'm not there right now. Um, has been really, really helpful because I know that if I don't beat myself up, there's a greater likelihood I'm going to be able to, to process this in a healthy manner later. When I was dealing with the the, the fire, um, people who lost their homes in the fires, one of the things that I heard a number of times was people who, you know, right after a, um, a natural disaster, you often see that hashtag. For us, it was Butte Strong or Ridge Strong. Paradise is up on the ridge above us. Um, there's this hashtag strong that comes out like, yeah, we're going to be strong. We're going to recover. Right. And, and it's great and it's important and it's a part of the process. And also for some people that was just so daunting. It's like, they felt like they had to hide. I, I literally saying, I don't feel strong. I feel like I'm supposed to feel strong and I don't feel strong. 
And I think that's really important to be able to have that space, whether it's in the grieving process or trauma or whatever it is, to, to be okay with not feeling strong in that moment. Um, and then knowing that we will we'll get there. You know, the likelihood is we'll get there. The likelihood is that you know, after a particular loss, typically within about a year, we've, we've done a lot of the mourning or grieving work that we need to do. Um, but I also think that, that what you triggered in me is that notion that, man, grieving is, is a moment by moment process. We don't always have to frame it that way, but you've got kids, you're watching those kids grow up every day. Every day, you've lost the kid they were the day before, every single day. Every single day, there's probably a dream that you might have had somewhere in the back of your mind. Sometimes we try not to um, to impose our dreams on our kids, but it's you know it's human nature. It's hard not to. Um, every day there's a dream you might have had to let go of. Every day there's an interaction that happened that doesn't feel good. Um, and so for all those, I think all that kind of stuff can be framed in the grieving process. And yeah, it's hard to let go of that stuff. And um, and the flip side is, is, isn't it beautiful that that matters? Isn't it beautiful that I have a dream for my kid? Isn't it beautiful that I even have a kid to dream about? You know, um, So to me, the grieving process is, is a way of framing a lot of life's daily activities, losing your keys. I mean, you kind of quickly go through all your grieving stages when you lose your keys, right? There's the denial, the anger, the um, bargaining. Come on. Come on, show them to me, please. I'll, I'll I'll donate another ten bucks to that charity, whatever. Um, so there's there's all that. The grieving process really comes into play all the time. And again, for me, it's helpful when I can re reference a construct like that in my thought processes that helps me um, understand what I'm going through and maybe helps me be more purposeful in terms of how I handle it. Wow, this was so this was so um ah so powerful, like so perfect. Um I think we're gonna close here pretty much. Um I feel like Scott, I could talk to you forever. Just your your grace and your and your your like gentle your gentle strength of of like so being. I don't know. It's uh, you're really a beautiful person and I'm so blessed to, to know you and um, this conversation is a gift. So thank you for sharing. I love, I, I'd love to, you know, maybe explore grief even more at another, another juncture. Um, but really my takeaway for today is, you know, grief is not a grief is a, is a process and, and being with it is much more important than managing fixing or healing it because it, it kind of has its own life and it's, and it's, and it's okay to trust it mm. and it's okay to let it run its course. Yeah. It's, it's there for a reason. Mm. It's not an accident. And we're meant to do it together. Also, I heard I you say that really, and sharing, really our story, mm. sharing our story and having each other. So if this, you know, if you're grieving right now, whoever's listening to this, this is me and Scott sending you a hug and, um, and find, you know, find your people, reach out because yeah. Yeah. Be where you it's are. It's okay to be where you are. Want to let it work for you. Yeah. yeah. When it works in relationship, it's, it's even more beautiful. So 
Thank you too, Musky. Thank you very much for the time and for the energy you put into our world because you are you're putting it out there. You're making this place more connected. Um, you're helping people see the brilliance and who they are um, and presenting the brilliance of yourself. So thanks for sharing your bright light with me this morning. Oh, you're welcome, Scott. That's so meaningful. I am. <laughs>